Sam, so for the few people here who don't know HustleCon and don't subscribe to the Hustle, what's kind of the basic rundown for what those companies are? First off, that photo they had of me, I have to say that was taken as a joke, and I'm happy that people have taken it seriously and used it. It was of my uh, a pit bull and a, and a bench press. I thought that would be like the most ironic photo to take. But uh, um, So the Hustle is a, it's a company that makes it easier for young folks to be inspired and um, to be uh, more intelligent. It's quite simple. Um, our first product is, is dead simple but highly addictive. So it's a product that's a, a daily newsletter. And it tells you what's going on in the world of business and tech. But it's kind of like a combination of the Wall Street Journal and The Daily Show. So if you guys go to thehustle.co and you sign up, you'll get an email every morning. And it basically is um, an entire um, uh, news site and um, all the news content you need, but in your inbox every morning, as opposed to having to go to a website. And it's similar in some ways to the skim in that it's not original reporting, but it's taking, here's the world of, of the news, shrinking it down, and this is what's valuable to you putting it in a voice that sounds conversational, like a friend, and then adding context. Is that? Yeah, I describe it like The Daily Show. So The Daily Show uh, is reporting on other people's stuff, but they're making uh, very unique jokes and humor around it. So it's slightly original, but reporting on other people's work. And I like, so you started with the conference. Let's backing up. What's, what's kind of the quick version of, of how the whole brand launched in the first place? Right. So um, what? What we are right now is, um, well, we started as a, a conference called HustleCon. Now we've, it's, it's uh, how many people here, 2,500? It's about this size. We've got about 2,500, 3,000 people who fly into this conference every single year. But what we do to uh, communicate with them, and it's um, larger now, is we, um, we uh, launched this media company a year ago. And I read this crazy stat that said that Fox News and CNN, their average age was like 68 and 69 years old. Um, and to me, that was shocking because those companies are, are, are going to die very literally because their customers are dying. And so we decided to launch a media company that was uh, business focused but geared towards um, younger folks. And we launched that a year ago. Um, now we have about um, uh, collectively about 5 million monthly readers. And I love this idea that it sounds like your original MVP was you in your kitchen emailing 200 people, right? So, so what was kind of your original idea for the hustle? newsletter and how did you kind of think about that MVP and then test how that was working over time? Yeah, so we started as a conference like this and except um, when people would come to the website, I, they couldn't buy a ticket because um, I actually didn't even know how to like really build the site at the time. So they had to enter their email and then I would send them a link to buy a ticket and I noticed that the the relationship that you have someone when you communicate with them via email is significantly better than when you post on Facebook and so we used that concept to launch a media company that's only email-based. And so um, originally, I was just writing emails to like 500 people. Um, and I was just making jokes about myself. But then I would start commenting on current events. And eventually, that kind of swelled. And it, now there's you know, hundreds of thousands of people who read it every day. And how do you test, now that it's become bigger, what's working and what's not working, and, and as far as like the voice and, and the style and the content that you're covering? Yeah, so similar to what Guy was saying, um, we, we do some user feedback where people, so we send this email every morning, and we'll get thousands of replies within minutes of people getting the email. They'll read it, and they hit respond, and they hit reply, and they tell us exactly what they're thinking. And so um, we, take, we, we take into account some of the things that they say, but then we look at their behavior, and then we just make what we think is best. And so right now, well, our company is guided by about 50% data, 
we just decide what we think is best and we do it. Um, we're not controlled by data um, and we're not controlled just by emotion. Well, I also like the idea um, that you take all your writers through a training to kind of really make sure they have the voice down, they have the style down, they understand what to cover and not cover. So how do you kind of come up with that a voice in the first place and then how do you kind of make sure that that's uh, working for your, your users over time? Yeah, so very early on in my career, so before I was even doing tech, I, was, um, I had a chain of hot dog stands called Southern Sam's, wieners as big as a baby's arm. And that was my slogan. And that's how I paid my way through college. And uh, it was like a, a very interesting business. And um, that's, how, that's how I paid my way through school. And doing that, I learned the importance of communication and language and how the things that you say drastically impact the amount of money you make. And then I realized that the, the, the words that you write um, significantly impact uh, the, um, the amount of money that you make and how people uh, look at your brand. And so I began studying copywriting. And I used, um, I studied direct mailing, um, so, so folks mostly from the 50s to the, to the late 80s, and I learned the techniques that they used for copywriting, and then I, I studied uh, journalism, and then I just paired the two, uh, the two uh, techniques, and that's how we got our voice. Um, we tell everyone that uh, the power of the written word is the most uh, effective tool you could ever have in business. Well, it's also interesting because I feel like you were getting in right in, the, in time for this idea of an email newsletter being a very self-contained way to create content but also to, to reach your customer or your audience. So I think about like Lena Dunham's Lenny Letter, The Skim, and, and The Hustle. And now I, I feel like the floodgates are kind of opening where like, the New York Times has specialized newsletters. A lot of content companies are trying to create a newsletter that speaks to a very specific audience. So what kind of tips, like what are the big learning learnings that you've had and what are tips you have for people that think, oh, email newsletter with strong voice, I wanna, I wanna tie this. Yeah, so there's a couple things going on right now in the world. I think that every single company uh, that we're gonna consider successful is gonna be a media company that happens to sell something. Right now we're selling advertising, but soon we're gonna be selling other things. Uh, the other thing that's happening uh, if there's anyone in the media world, they know this right now. There's like massive changes right now. Um, and and, and an importance of being a big company and a successful company is distribution. And right now, media companies are failing to do that. So they'll have like a staff of three or 400 journalists and their traffic is crashing because Facebook is pulling, pulling back their reach. And so they're screwed because they've got 300 people to support off super small traffic and very little advertising. And so what we've learned is that this, uh, this idea that sounds super small and stupid, which is a newsletter, can be a massive, massive business, um, tens of millions of dollars a year, just off, off the fact that we have an editorial team of two people that can impact millions of people um, a month. Um, and so, so something that we're, we're learning is that the, 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 the things that we've noticed have become huge started out as like really silly jokes that we've just made or like ideas that we didn't actually think could be massive. So that's like one of the bigger, biggest things that we've learned. Yeah, I think the email is like the, the best MVP for a media company because you're not building this huge site, you know, you're not having to worry about the design necessarily as much. You're just like, let's try this this week and if it doesn't work, you know, or today and tomorrow we'll try something different and kind of, you can quickly kind of change and fix what you're doing versus if you've built out this whole site, it can take a year. Right, changes. And, and, and all of you and all of you know this, and everyone knows this now, that content, no matter what business you are, is extremely important. Everyone knows this at this point. Now the problem of creating good content is getting people to see it. And so with email, I don't ever have to fight the battle of creating a clickbait headline in order to get, get uh, shares on Facebook because I've already got subscribers. 
So it's just like a subscription business versus going off and doing one-off sales. It's significantly um, more efficient. You also have a great ambassador program where if people share the newsletter, they get things like t-shirts, hoodies, um, tickets to you know conferences. So can you explain the thinking behind the ambassador program and, and tips you might have there for people that are trying to build out their ambassador programs? Yeah, so one of the ways that we've grown as fast as we have is we have at this point, like uh, 1,200 ambassadors around the globe. And the way that we've created that is uh, once a reader has engaged with our content or our product a certain amount of times, we send them an email and they get a unique URL. And when they share that unique URL with four or five friends and they get people to join, they become an ambassador. And then if they share it with 20 friends, they get um, a t-shirt. If they share it with 50, they get a hoodie. And uh, we've seen that um, something like 20% of our growth has come from that. Um, and the average ambassador refers close to 30 people. Um, and so the idea here was we're a, we're a relatively small team. How can we get our fans to do a lot of the work for us? That's great. Well, you talked about a lot of things that have worked well. What's an example of something that the Hustle's kind of struggled with or a good like learning that you've had about building the company so far? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm a very um, fiscally conservative guy. Like when it comes to business, I want to know like how something's going to make money right away. Um, and um, some of the, I've realized that the greatest ideas that we've had have come when we didn't actually, uh, we thought that there was like a business there, but it was kind of difficult to map out. Um, and there was a lot of, there's a lot of ambiguity there. And just to roll with the punches and not worry about that ambiguity has helped us a ton. So for example, a newsletter sounds crazy, right? At first when we launched, we were a site where we would create lots of articles and tons of traffic would come and we would try to monetize off that. And then we said, like, all right, can we create a newsletter? And at first, it was, it was like, I don't think that this could become a big business. I'm not sure how, but I could see how it become a medium-sized business. And then we kind of went in, and we noticed that, OK, it's quite clear that this could become large. And so being comfortable with a lot of the ambiguity and trying new things um, has been a big deal, and not just following what our Excel spreadsheet has said. But that's not really a failure. That's like a really good thing that became an even better thing. Is there? Well, it felt like I was failing at the time. It yeah. felt like there was three months where we didn't grow at all, and I was freaking out. Okay. Um, uh, a, a, a very specific failure is two weeks ago, we wrote the newsletter, the entire 1,500-word newsletter in a Donald Trump voice. And uh, it got lots of love and lots of hate. So that, <laughs> that's a specific uh, failure. Um, I also made the failure of um, hiring people uh, just who were on, just who qualified skill-wise, but uh, they didn't fit. Uh, I didn't enjoy being around them, and I ended up having to let them go. And that was a that was a nightmare for um, for everyone. We failed with that big time. Yeah, for a small team, you want to make sure the culture, you know, they, they have the voice, they they get the brand, all that kind of. Right. Stuff. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was a big learning experience to to realize that some of the best people on paper don't look qualified, but if I enjoy being around them work is infinitely more fun and more productive. Right. Well, I think another smart marketing idea you've had with The Hustle is the content. I heard you say the content that you create, you'll, pu you'll put on partner sites. So you have relationships with maybe bigger, more mainstream publications, and that's where you put your original reporting content. Can you talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, so we have this idea. So I said earlier, I think every company is going to become a media company. I think no matter what you're selling, if you're selling cameras, you're going to create a video of people doing epic things with your cameras, like GoPro. Um, now, another thing that I believe is that when you do that, your content doesn't have to live on gopro.com slash blog. I think when people say they're going to create content, they make the mistake of, I'm just going to go and write a, write a bunch of blog posts. But that's, that doesn't make sense. You're, you're stopping way too soon. Um, and so what our idea is that 
our media is going to be completely distributed, meaning um, some content is in the email, some is on um, businessinsider.com, some is on fortune.com, but we don't need to have it on the hustle.co. Um, we could send people back there, but to me, I care that people are consuming it. I care less about where they're consuming it. And that seems like a pretty progressive idea. Like the old media way was like drive everybody to us, and now the idea is get our brand out there and our voice out there, and and have people run into us in the places that they already are, you know, consuming content too. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem pro to, uh, progressive to anyone who's like between the ages of um, who's like below 20, 21 years old. I mean, that's just how they grow up. So we're just adapting to how young people consume things. Um, it, it, it's it's strange strange to understand if you haven't heard this. But if you go hang out with an 18-year-old, it makes perfect sense. And you have a lot of 18-year-olds, do you think? Entrepreneurs in the making? Um, the yeah, so our average viewer, or average reader is like probably 25 to 30 years old. But if I, I'm trying to build a company that lasts for a long time, so I'm paying attention to what the 18-year-olds are, are, how they're interacting. And is that going to change the content drastically, do you think? Like when you look younger, people that are in college, in high school, do you have to think, what kind of, how do you change what you're creating to think about them? Yeah, so one example of that is um, a lot of folks here, including myself, I, I, I'm not a huge Snapchat, Snapchat user, but we all know young people are doing it. I, I feel super uncomfortable filming myself and talking to a camera. I think that's like not natural. Um, and I've, I'm sure a lot of you guys feel that way too. But young folks are used to that, and it just feels normal to them, because right when they got a phone, they were doing it. Um, and so that, to, to me, what that says is like, okay, user-generated video content is going to be, the barrier to entry is going to be super low because everyone has a phone and they feel comfortable getting in front of a camera. Cool. Um, well, in our last couple of minutes here, what else do you have coming up? I know you have a conference on, on Friday and what else do you have coming up? Yeah, so right now we're um, laser focused on getting to um, a million daily readers. Um, we have a theory that, or this idea that we're, we're monetizing our audience, but uh, once we grow to a large audience, uh, we'll be able to um, launch anything, and that will be of, of massive proportions when we do. Um, we also host um, a big conference every year called HustleCon. That will happen in May. Um, it's kind of like a mixture of, um, imagine this mixed with like a music festival. So that's going to be, that happens in, in May. Um, and then we actually have an event coming up on Friday called ConCon. Um, and the idea is that we're, we're, we're bringing together the uh, founders of massive media companies like Bleacher Report and things like that. Um, and they're going to teach startup entrepreneurs how to create content that gets seen by millions of people. And so that's happening on, um, uh, on Friday. And, and I actually think whoever can do this fastest, but there's a code on the site. If you go to the hustle.co hustle and you see a link for ConCon, the first two people that use a code uh, lean gets a, get two free tickets. Awesome. So you can have another conference in the end of this conference. Too. Yeah, so if you're in San Francisco, it's in a different neighborhood, so it's a slightly different feel, so you can explore the whole city. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Sam. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>